I want you to go with me over to Proverbs chapter 18. And we're wrapping up our series on supernatural increase. Making that declaration today, I am increasing more and more. More and more. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18.21, this is from the Amplified. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who indulge it shall eat the fruit of it. This means that God has delegated his power to the tongue of the born-again believer. If you want to know what the seat of the authority of the believer is, it is, in fact, the tongue. It is the mouth. And literally, when you study this out, it speaks of the odd of God or the right hand of God, which is powerful. How many of God's right hand is mighty? That power he has delegated into the tongue of the born-again believer. So while we look at this thing and we think it's no big deal how we talk and how we express ourselves, we're living very, very much below the privileges as well as the responsibilities as a child of God. And the truth of the matter is, uh, your tongue can turn around any situation, including financial situations. But as our sister mentioned earlier, we are too often talking about the financial problem than talking to the problem. We kind of set a financial or material issue over here that God doesn't care about that so much, so why should I speak to that issue? There's not an issue in your life you shouldn't be speaking to from God's perspective. And when it comes to increase, you'll find out that your tongue has a lot to say about what ultimately happens in your life in terms of supernatural increase. Now, the reason you have to see this uh, clearly today is, is we live in a, in a world that's controlled with words. This universe was created with the words of God. It is sustained, according to Hebrews, with the word of Christ. Today we have to understand that, that nothing has changed. By and large, you and I create a world around us with the words that we say. Now people scoff and they talk about how can that possibly be true? How can that possibly be the gospel? You were made in God's image. And Ephesians 5.1 tells us that we're supposed to be imitators of God as dear children. So if God talks a certain way, how should his people talk? The same way. And if we talk different than God, then we're not being a good son or daughter. Can I have a good amen? How many want to be a good son or daughter? And what you want to do is you want to emulate what he does. And what he does is he says something, then he sees it. Then he declares it good. Genesis 1 through 3 tells us how God formed this world and how this world was compromised. God spoke this into existence. And then here comes the devil who spoke something contrary. And then Adam and Eve agreed with what was contrary. And the rest is history. Now, how many like to have more of what the garden offered before the fall? If you do, then you're going to have to go back to talking the right way. And that means talking in agreement with God. Write this down. All confession means, and oftentimes you'll hear people talk about this, speaking the word, confession, you know, de declaration of our mouth, the word coming out of our mouth, the heart, the word in our heart. All it means is to say the same thing as God says. It means to agree with God. Now, how many understand if we're not agreeing with God, we're not going very far in this life? And a lot of people want to, you know, experience his best increase in every single area, but they keep on agreeing with the wrong voice. So let's start out today by repenting of that. There should be a little more enthusiasm than that, so let me try that one more time. Let's begin by repenting of that. Say it with me. I repent 
of contradicting my father. Because that's exactly what that is. If he says one thing and then we say something completely opposite to that, we're contradicting him. I want to leave you with really a handle on this because this is the culmination of a lot of messages on supernatural increase. It is June. We started this journey in January. Raise your hand if you've heard at least one message on supernatural increase. Amen. How many of you will follow along today like a bouncing ball? Because if you don't, I'll repeat all of them today. I've got all the notes on this iPad, and I can go through every single one of them. Keep you till Jesus comes back. (laughs) Or you can just follow along. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. I am with you. We started out the journey talking about the importance of walking in the truth. We know that truth is not your truth or my truth. The truth refers to what? The Word of God. Someone tells you, live your truth, they're lying to you. The only truth you can live or not live according to is the Word of God. It is truth. So that becomes the foundation for supernatural increase is we, we live out, we walk in the truth of God. We walk in the Word of God. We find out what the Word says, and that's the way we live. Then we find out we're supposed to be what, church? What's the second factor? All right, I'm going to my notes. I'm going to every, every single message. You got to be what? Diligent. Steady in application of the business of the kingdom of God. In other words, I don't walk in the truth for a day or two. Does that make sense? Day after day after day after day after day, I've gotten into a habit of finding out what God says and doing it. The third one is is closely related. It's called faithfulness, and it means fidelity to God and his heart. How many understand we got to stop all this adultery with the world? Scripture says friendship with the world is what? Enmity with God. We should be walking in fidelity with our God, tearing down strongholds and idols, and be faithful people. Say this to me again. This is the foundation. If I'm not going to walk in the truth, and I'm not going to be diligent, and I'm not going to be faithful, I'm not going to have much supernatural increase in this life. I'm going to be basically condemned to do whatever I can do in the natural. And you know, some people say, well, I know a lot of people, they do real well in terms of finances in the natural. Look at every other area of their life first. And you will find out that the only way to have total life prosperity or total life well-being is to do it God's way. Come on, say it with me, God's way. Say it again, God's way. So I'm walking in the truth, I'm diligent, I'm faithful. We know number four, we're supposed to be tithers. Saying I'm a tither, and I have tithers' rights. Say it, I'm a sower, and I have sower's promises. So walking in the truth, I'm diligent, I'm faithful, I'm tithing. The first thin dime of every dollar goes to my Heavenly Father. Then I'm a sower on top of that because I understand that's how I tap into the increase of God supernaturally. I'm a sower, say it, I'm a sower. It's a wonderful way to live. Recently somebody handed me a seed and I I just walked around the corner and I I said, Lord, I just asked you for some seed just a short time ago. And I was able, that seed was put in my hand, and I was able to sow that as a twice-sown seed into somebody else's life. 
And I'm telling you what, that's the best high you can possibly have. Say it, I'm a sower. Say it, I'm a sower. And this means every day looking for opportunities to live this way. In other words, we're, we're supposed to be a blessing, not a curse. We're supposed to be a blessing to people, not a drag on people. Look at somebody and say, don't be a drag. And we have learned on top of that that we're supposed to be believers, number six, but not just any kind of believer, religious believer, even the demons believe. Even the demons what? Believe. What's the difference between some Christians and a demon? Not much. Believing is not enough. You must be a believing believer. You must actually see the Word of God, make up your mind. You're going to believe what it says. You're going to live according to that. Every promise, every challenge, every correction, every instruction, it is yours. But you'd be amazed how many people they even would say, I'm a believer. You know, I'm part of that victory crowd. And they don't even keep the basic principles of the Word of God. They live their own truth. They're diligent if they feel like it. They're faithful to a degree. They tithe, but not according sometimes even to God's word. They tithe all over creation. They don't bring it into the storehouse. They sow only under duress, and they believe only what they want to believe. Listen to me, that is not a recipe for supernatural increase. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that. I said, I'm a believing believer. Now, what I want you to do is, is see all of this as the structure beneath that must be there if divine supernatural increase is going to flow. Take any of those elements out, and things aren't going to work for you. Does that make sense? So the seventh principle is, of course, speaking or declaration or confession. You and I have to do something with our mouths. Um, think of it this way. I live in the country. Um, we didn't used to live in the country, but when we started living in the country, I became acquainted with a water well. Um, my entire life, from the time I was a kid, you know, till many, many years in our marriage, we never had anything but tap water. And you turn it on, guess what? It's there. Well, sometimes when you have a well, you turn it on, and it laughs at you. It speaks to you. You're not getting any water from me. <laughs> and there can be a whole host of reasons why, even though I turned on, right, the faucet, nothing is working. I found out it could be as simple as little ladybug or Japanese beetle that's, that's in the, between the leads where the uh, switch is to turn the thing on. That happened. I found out that... Uh, uh, a pipe coming outside of the connector can freeze in certain cold weather. Amen? I found that out. I found out that could be free and clear and the leads can work, but somehow the, the tank not be holding pressure. The bladder within the tank. Amen? I, you know, until that time, I, I thought bladders were just for humans. I didn't know the tank had to have a bladder too. What is that all about? I mean, I'm getting an education. But it's got a bladder. And the pressure has to be a certain way or it's not going to work. 
I found out that, uh, you know, if the wire is going down with the pipes into the bottom of the well or severed, the pump doesn't work. I found out you can correct those. You can pull the pump out, right, Tim? And then splice them back together again, and it can still come off. And on, and on, and on it goes. But if the pump works, and the wire stays connected, and the pipe is all intact, one time there's a small crack, you know, about where the pipe is connected to the, to the uh, pump, and there was zero pressure. Well, they replaced that part. Voila, hallelujah, the pressure is back. And I have all the pipe that I need, and it's connected, and it comes up, you know, and the, and the, uh, the leads are working, and the switch is working, and the bladder is working, and all that's working, and it's not 20 degrees or below zero. Windshield, you turn on the faucet, and guess what you get? Water. Hot water, if the hot water is working. <laughs> so there's a lot of working parts there and there are a lot of working parts when it comes to our walk of faith so think of it this way you're walking in the truth and your diligence and your faithfulness and your tithing and your sowing and your believing is like everything before you get to the faucet I don't know about you, but I don't want a nice big water table down there, and we certainly have that being so close to the Kentucky Lake system. Not a problem going dry. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have all this stuff in line, have everything working and proper, and everything flowing, and there's water up to that point, and then never turn on the faucet. And that's what it's like when a believer has the foundation of walking in the truth and when they are diligent and faithful and they're tithing and they're sowing and they're believing, but they're not saying. Look at somebody and tell them, turn on the spigot. Turn on the valve with your mouth. Say it with my mouth. Say it with my mouth. I need to talk increase. I need to talk supernatural increase. I need to talk Blessing of God on my life. Yes. I need to talk. If somebody's going to get that raise at work, you're going to get it. Right. If somebody's going to get that contract, you're going to get it. If somebody's going to have supernatural increase, even if you're on a fixed income, it's going to be you. Amen. Open up the faucet so it can flow. Now, the opposite is true. I know Christians who try to open up the faucet, but there's no foundation. No matter how much you say, water come, water come, water come. If there's no pump in that well, you're getting no water. What does that mean? It means it doesn't do you good to walk around saying, I'm blessed and highly favored of God. If you're not walking in the truth, you're not diligent, you're not faithful, you're not a tither, you're not a sower, you're not a believer. Talk all you want to, you don't have the foundation, it's not going to happen. But I'm not in a room without a foundation. I said, I'm not in a room when people don't have a foundation. I said, I have the foundation. All we need to do now is make sure that we open up that valve and be consistent about it. Amen? Amen. That's why I want to share with you the three P's, the supernatural increase, the speaking part. Everybody say the three P's. Say it again, say the three P's. How many P's? 
Three peas in a pot. Three peas. <laughs> one, the first one is called principle. This is the, the principles of the Word of God, the principles of walking in light of what Scripture says about the authority of your mouth. There are many Scriptures we can give to you, but going back to one used earlier in Mark 23, it is true. This, the Bible speaks of talking three times more than believing. Are you here today? Believe in your heart and say what? With your mouth. Believe in my what? In my heart and in what? Say with my mouth. Psalm 107, the Bible speaks of he sent forth his word and he healed them. How do you send forth the word? You actually speak it. James 3 tells us that if I have a bit in the horse's mouth, I can completely turn that animal. I can control that animal with the bit. Similarly, with a rudder on a ship, I can control where that ship goes. That's what your mouth is. For all of us, we don't, may not have a horse. We may not have you know, you know, a big ship. But all of us came here in some kind of vehicle. We have a car. Your steering wheel, in fact, is the key of turning that, that car where it needs to go. In your life, your mouth is the steering will. You have all this wonderful foundation, six months of teaching. Let's not blow it now by talking contrary to what we say we believe. Amen. Rodney mentioned uh, Philippians chapter 4. That scripture is a patent promise for people who are sowers. That's right. right? So if you have the first six factors going on, you should say boldly, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Somebody who's not been doing the other things, walking in the truth, walking in diligence, faithfulness, tithing, sowing, believing, they're going to be mealy-mouthed about that. But somebody that's been doing this, they're going to be bold as a lion. On the foundation of walking in the truth and the foundation of diligence and faithfulness, on the foundation of tithing and sowing and believing what you say, I declare my God. There's just a difference to it. What do we call that? When somebody speaks from that foundation, that's the force of faith. That's the power and the force of faith. So whether you're uh, in a great you know, situation financially, uh, you need God's emergency help right now, or you're believing so that you can be a blessing, go to the next level, wherever you are right now, your mouth is what? The faucet that turns on that flow. In Genesis, we found out that God said, then he saw and it was good. You and I have been trained, if we see it, then we'll say it. The kingdom of God works the opposite way. You say it, then... You see it. Raise your hand if you could use some financial increase or material increase. You don't say it when you see it. You see it, what? You see something in the, in the realm of the Spirit. So what I do is I declare this thing even before I see it. You say, well, that's not natural, Pastor Art. I beg to differ. How come you have this tendency to announce to somebody, I'm going to the store? Why don't you just go? You got up this morning, going to church, just go. You're programmed to want to say things before, even if you don't realize it. Why do you do it? Stop telegraphing and announcing everything you do, just what? You do it because deep down on the inside of you is what? 
born again man has got the nature of God in him or her. And you just, you just want to do that. Now, if you'll just let that flow, just let that develop in your life. See, the principle is the mouth is the seat of the authority of man. You're made in God's image. And what you say about yourself matters. Come on, say, what I say, what I say about myself, about myself matters. matters. Say it again. What I say, what I say about myself matters. You have to read what the Word of God says about the authority of the mouth. You have to believe in your heart that the, the mouth has the delegated authority. It has the power of life and death. God made it that way. You've got to read it, believe it. That's the principle here. Many of us, uh, you know, thinking as we grew up in, in, in Christianity, we only heard the negative side of that. Don't say this, don't say that, don't talk this way, don't talk that way. But you and I learn as believers that there's a positive side to that. If we shouldn't talk a certain way, there's a way we what? Should talk. And that is talking consistent with what the Word of God says. Amen. Said so I have a teachable heart. I have a teachable spirit. Say it again, a teachable heart. A teachable spirit. There's an innate religious reaction in some people's hearts to finding out who they really are. And who you are is a child of God. Amen. There's a reason why Timothy likes the St. Louis Cardinals. Although the way they're playing, I'm starting to be a White Sox fan. <laughs> Heaven help us. <laughs> but... There's one team in particular that he would never be a fan of, and that's the Chicago Cubs. There's a reason for that. If you consider yourself a Democrat, Republican, or Independent, chances are it's because somebody in your family influenced you, amen, to be a Republican, a Democrat, amen, or Independent. That's the way you are. It's not a mystery. Look at somebody say, just lighten up. This country is just too serious right now. They just need to take it easy. Amen. Isn't that right? Um, my, my dad's mom and dad, he was a Republican. Anna, you know about Anna. I'm going to die, Anna. Anna, they're the Democrat. My grandfather said to my grandmother, Anna, um, there's no point in us going down to the polls and voting. We're just going to cancel each other out because I'm going to vote for the Republican. You're going to vote for the Democrat. It's going to be a wash. There's no point in going. A few years later, some friends of grandma said, we're going down to the polls and vote. You want to go with us? And she went through this whole diatribe. I don't vote because he doesn't vote because we just canceled it out. And they said, Anna, we see him down at the polls every year. I <laughs> just love that story. I just love, would have loved to have met that guy. <laughs> there you have it, folks. The first form of voter suppression. Hallelujah. There you go, right there. Anna. <laughs> are you here today what is the principle the principle is whether in the natural you have a reaction to it a religious reaction or you accept it we are supposed to be like our 
father. What does the Bible say? Adam became a speaking spirit like God. Spirits that speak. You're the only creation that's able to form, fashion, and speak words at will. There is no other creation that does that. They make sounds. They can even communicate to a certain extent. But you and I are the only beings that can actually form, fashion, and speak words at will. Why? Because we're made in God's image. And we lose sight of that part of us, especially, uh, you know, as born-again people, we should, we should have revelation of this, that God wants us to understand who we really are, not to forget who he did, what, you know, who he made you to be, and what you're supposed to be as a child of God. Say it, the principle is sound. From Mark chapter 11 to 2 Corinthians 4, 13, with this same spirit of faith, we therefore believe and we speak. You see this? Romans 10, 9, and 10. We believe in a heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and we say with our mouth, and confession is what? Made unto salvation. It's great you got the water down here. It's great you got the well, but you need to turn the faucet on. That is your mouth. Scripture is just filled with revelation about the tongue. Study the Proverbs sometimes. I counted over 88 references to the mouth, the tongue, and the lips in Proverbs alone. Accident or intentional? Intentional because God gave Solomon revelation about the faucet. Anything mentioned that many times in Scripture is not error, erroneous, or heresy. It's absolute truth that many in the body of Christ this day continue to ignore. Amen. Now you have to have the principle, the basic principles down. Say, so I have the basic principles down. Now, Denise, where are you? There you are. Raise your hand, everybody. This is Denise Fitch. When I was in college, she was one of my little swim projects. I'm going to say you were three. You were you were five, okay. Five years old. In two weeks, I'm about to say two weeks. Now, this was, this was my specialty, getting people up and running pretty quickly, you know, and floating, survival skills, maybe freestyle. This girl learned three strokes in two weeks. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, and in fact, I don't, I don't ever remember a kid ever being able to do that. Um, I remember he had problems with breaststroke, but who doesn't? So, But yeah, she was doing butterfly backstroke and freestyle in two weeks in a crowded recreational pool at Murray. Not during a, pl- a time when everybody was out, but they were splashing and kicking and playing. It's really amazing. Now, I had another swim student. Everybody say the principles. You have to have the principles down. If you do not breathe, you sink and drown. If you do not do certain mechanics, keep the principles of swimming, guess what happens? You're gone. My dad, on the other hand, I tried everything I could do. My mom's mom swam the Mississippi River. You know how difficult that is to do with a current. So we know my swimming ability didn't come from him. <laughs> and on the other side. So, 
I'm in the water and I'm, I'm, you know, trying to teach them to float. Now, if you'll just lay on your back and put your arms up like this and just put your legs out like that, you know, there's a natural buoyancy. Just take a deep breath and relax. And he did everything I told him to do, and he went down one, two, three feet underneath the water. I had to bring him back up again. I said, well, let's try this on your stomach. You know, take a deep breath, put your arms out there. Same thing, sink. Uh, what am I going to do? So I knew we had some flippers over there next in the equipment room, so I put some flippers on him. And I said, now kick your feet. He went backwards and down. <laughs> Who goes backwards and down with flippers on? <laughs> the only person in my entire life I couldn't teach to swim. But he's got so many other good qualities. <laughs> you know, he, in all, in all seriousness, he gets, you know, he gets even every time I go on the golf course. He has one working eye. I'm not going to tell you that which one it is so he can keep his eye on you. I'm not going to tell you. His egg was crushed in an accident years ago, so basically he has one real good working leg. One eye, 87 years old, and a few weeks we were out at the golf course, and he beat me again. It's embarrassing. <laughs> so every once in a while, I just have to remind him, flip, 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 flip. <laughs> Say, the principle is your tongue controls your life. The second principle, right? That principle, but the second P is simply this: you have to have practice. You have to get into the habit of doing this on purpose. It's not going to come natural to you. You've been talking the world like the world all your life, and now all your life as a Christian, you've got to make up your mind. Well, find out what God says, and I'm going to say these words on purpose. When you recognize you're saying something unscriptural, stop and replace it with what the Word of God says. Practice. Say it with me. Practice. Say it and say practice. You've got to actually practice the things that you're wanting to accomplish in life. Nobody just shows up one day and performs, you know, as an Olympian. There's a lot of practice that went into that. And write this down. As you practice, that's how you will perform. So if you're daily sloppy with your words, when you really need your mouth to work for you, it's not going to be there for you. Every day you're practicing doubt and fear and unbelief and compromise with your mouth. When you're under, under the gun and now you're in an emergency situation, guess what's going to come out? You're not suddenly going to say, Shazam, now it's time for me to speak the word of God. What's going to come out is what you've been doing, what you've been practicing. Going back with the swim analogy, whatever you did in the water for months, that's what you did when you got into a meet. If you did the technique wrong or the turn wrong or the breathing wrong, Guess what? It showed up. And it showed up at the wrong time. Here you are at a state or national championship and something about your technique is wrong and you're disqualified or it limits your potential or you've been goofing off in practice every day. Huh? Look at somebody and say, some people are goof-offs when it comes to their mouth. I trained with a kid named Tommy Jager. He and I were very good friends, and uh, he was from Illinois as well. And 
uh, for years and years in practice, I noticed he wasn't all that, uh, all that diligent. There come a day, though, where he got serious about the sport, started training under an uh, Olympic medalist in St. Louis, and next thing you know, he's a world record holder. Five or six gold medals, plus many silver and bronze as well. What changed in his life was he decided to get serious with his talent. Talent wasn't enough. Being six foot eight didn't hurt. Having feet the size of flippers didn't hurt. When he dove into a pool, he was there. <laughs> that was it. Another friend of mine was very talented too. His name is Danny. Danny never worked hard, never applied himself. Everybody say practice. <laughs> and we were at a swim meet in Belleville, Illinois, and in the basement of that YMCA was a bowling alley and a pool table area. And when they called his, his event and called him to the blocks, he was downstairs playing pool. The gun went off. The other swimmers dove in. Somebody yells at him downstairs, hey, your heat's just left the block. He comes in, runs on the deck, throws off his, his warm-ups, put his towel down, put his goggles on, and jumps in. They're already half, half distance to the first lap on the other side of the pool. He jumps in, and he catches them and beats them. Could you imagine if that guy had applied himself and actually practice? Turn to somebody and tell them, you perform how you practice. You perform how you practice. I don't care what it is. If you practice something incorrectly, you're going to reproduce that when the pressure is on. I can tell you the days we're living in, the pressure is on. We've got to make sure that we're correctly using this gift God gave us, and we're going to use it based on how we practiced. Amen. It wasn't uncommon for us growing up that... Uh, you know, they would use all technology available, underwater cameras to film how we were actually doing our stroke to see if we were holding the water, if there was a slip-up, something like that. And they would over-exaggerate the corrections for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Why? Because when you got into the pool, you go into something that's, you know, automatic. That's where God wants to take us. Amen? Say it would be the principle is my mouth is the seat of my authority. Practice means... I work at it all the time, so I'll perform the way I practice. Now, several keys to your practice. Write these down real quickly. Number one is information. You've got to expose yourself to the things of God, to the Word of God, listening to the Word, taking the Word of God in, say it before my eyes, in my ears, coming out of my mouth. Information, number two, is meditation. You not just hear about or read about the Word of God, but you think about the Word of God. Day and night, Joshua says. How I many you know Joshua knew something about victory? You believe Joshua knew something about victory? Day and night, meditating day and night. Psalm 1 says the same thing. The one that meditates day and night is like a tree. Everybody want to be like a tree that's fruitful? You want results? Amen. At the end of the day, how many want to see fruit from your lips in the financial realm? You have to have the information. You have the meditation. If you have the meditation, number three, you'll have revelation, which means understanding of the Bible, not just hearing or reading the Bible, not just thinking about the Bible, but understanding the Bible. How many believe that God wants you to know what it means yes. and how to apply it to your life? We have understanding. Amen. Revelation. Fourth is declaration. This is the practice here. Now, what am I declaring? I'm declaring what I have revelation of. I'm declaring what I understand. I'm declaring what I have heard on purpose. 
And you know what comes next after declaration? Manifestation. You get what the Bible says. I start with understanding, you know, what it says. I, I can read what the Bible says. I think about what the Bible says. Amen. I have understanding about what the Bible says. I declare what the Bible says. And now I actually go out there and see manifestation. Amen. Bearing fruit. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I have fruit in my life. I am bearing fruit. I am practicing using my mouth for supernatural increase. A lot of people use their mouth for just the opposite. Ask yourself an honest question. What have you been practicing lately? Amen. And if it's not consistent with the word, you just what? You make the adjustment. Amen. You make the adjustment. The third P stands for proficiency. I understand the principle. I understand practice. And I have to understand proficiency. And proficiency means that you're excelling in this particular area to the highest level. This is where you start bearing fruit. Can you see this? This is where you start having consistency in terms of results. It's where you, you have the, the, the results sped up. Does anybody ever get tired of waiting for stuff to manifest? Proficiency means you have consistency, you have fruit bearing, you have results, but you have results that are spread. I mean, they're sped up in your life. You're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. You want to see this thing manifest. Raise your hand if you have something you're believing God for, you love for to manifest right now. That's what proficiency means. We're becoming proficient because we've actually practiced, and now we're actually at that performance stage where we begin to see things manifest in our lives. You know, God's way of doing things, God's way of being and doing includes results or manifestation. You know, God didn't just say, you know, look at this void, isn't this nice, that's the way I want it to be. God saw something beyond the void, and so do you. You've got to see something beyond what is to what it can be. And then use your mouth as the pen of a ready writer to actually see that thing manifest in your life. You should care about results. He does. Jesus didn't die, so the father could say, well, he died, but nobody believes in him, so that was pointless. What was he looking for? He's not upstairs talking about building you a mansion. He's what? He's building you a mansion. He's not just, you know, you know, asking you and me just to believe this stuff and don't expect any results. Don't just, you know, talk about salvation. You know, actually see people get saved and have an amen. See them get healed and see us increase in every area of our lives. Proficiency. Now, the problem with the proficiency is you and I think that we should be perfect in our proficiency or it's not worth doing. Amen. How often can you get a hit in Major League Baseball and be a Hall of Fame hitter? About three out of ten times over a career, and you'll be a Hall of Famer. Amen? What if the guy goes in there and he can't get a hit, and so he quits? No, you'll never be anything. You'll never accomplish anything. There are a lot of Christians, well, I heard you talk about that, and I did that for two weeks, and nothing changed in my life, so it must not be true. What it means is you're not proficient yet. It doesn't mean that you're not on the right track. 
The point is, you and I get more results understanding and applying the principle of the tongue than if we don't apply the principle of the tongue. One day you'll be 100% proficient. You'll be just like Jesus. Amen. When he told you to speak to your mountain like you did to that car that was in your way. Move! If you had been proficient, that car would have got up and flown across the sky. For some of us, it's best that we're not proficient yet until we get fully sanctified. Amen? (laughs) Just because you're not there and it's not perfect doesn't mean that you're not on the right track. Let me ask you a question. How many would say that you're 100% holy you always live holy. You always talk holy. You always think holy. You've arrived. Raise your hand if you are 100% perfect in holiness. If you do raise your hand, I want to shake it, and then I'm going to get your autograph. And then I'm going to lead you down to the altar for being a liar. Now, you know what it's like to know God's standard and fail. And we have the privilege of confession and repentance. This grace really is sufficient, isn't it? But does anybody get anywhere in the walk with God if they blow it one time and say, that's it, I can't live this life, I'm done? No. You're going to get back up again and go with God. Amen? Righteous man will fall, but what will happen? Seven times he'll get back up again. You're not 100% proficient in holiness, and yet you don't quit that. Amen? I may have somebody in this world and they make it really hard for you to love them. It's like they sit up at night thinking of ways to aggravate you and get under your skin. I'll take that as a yes, I have somebody like that. And if you don't, you know, squirm or move, we won't know that's you they're talking about. Just sit still. I was preaching to Hopkinsville on the Ten Commandments, and a friend of mine's dad joint was there that day, and I happened to be on, on Thou Shalt Not Commit Adultery, and he got up in the middle of the message and left. I told the church, I said, word to the wives, if I'm preaching on adultery, don't get up in the middle of the message. Probably not your best course of action. <laughs> Wait until it's over. Or better yet, just sit there and shake your head, yes, amen, praise the Lord, that's true. And then take your adulterous self out, amen? But don't get up in the middle of a message on adultery. <laughs> Raise your hand if you could learn to love better. How many believe it's the command of God? How many believe we're not supposed to be walking in the fence? Correct. And yet, how many times do we fail at this? Should you just quit? Because you're not 100% proficient in your love walk yet? No, you don't quit because you're not 100% proficient in your love walk, 100% proficient in terms of your holiness, and you don't quit just because you're not 100% proficient when it comes to what? Speaking the Word of God. That's where your increase comes from. It's what you do all the time that matters. It's what you do consistently that matters. Not on and off, on and off talk like the world, talk religion, then talk the things of God. No, you need to be consistent. Amen. Proficiency means there's consistency in your results and they're being sped up. You know what I can tell? I can tell after being in this for several months that several you're going to start to see things speeding up in your life. Can you receive that today? Manifestation that speeds up in your life. Glory to God. Say it with me. I'm coming proficient. 
in the things that I say. Every single day. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak do what? Say I am strong. Why does it say that? Because it's a revelation of the same principle. If you're weak, begin to say you're strong. And listen to me, keep on saying it. If you're broke, keep on saying you're broke. I'm broke, they're broke, mom and dad are broke, we come from a long line of broke. All ever, all ever be is broke. Now let the what? What does the song say? A direct revelation. Let the broker, let the poor say, I am, and keep on saying it. Turn the faucet on. If you're sick, begin to say what? I'm healed and keep on saying it. If you're depressed, say I'm full of joy and keep on saying it. If you're afraid, begin to say you're bold as a lion and keep on saying it. If you're troubled, keep on saying that you're full of the peace of God. If you feel cursed, start saying you're blessed and keep on saying it. Say it, I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. And everything I put my hand to prospers. If you need a miracle, start saying you have it and keep on saying it. Here's your tip. Say the opposite of your reality. Why? Because God's reality is at a higher threshold than yours. But we walk around talking the way things are and wonder why they don't change. Amen? Say it, my God. Say it again, my God shall supply. Say it, my God shall supply. Proficiency is the degree of competence or results in our lives, and everybody here can go up several notches in Jesus' name. But you need to believe the principle. Look at somebody and tell them, it's your mouth. Y'all remember when Bill Clinton was running for office and his campaign manager came out of one day in the press and he said, it's the economy, stupid. That's the issue. That's what people were concerned about. Look at somebody and say, it's the economy. For you and me as a child of God, guess what? It's the mouth. It is the mouth that is the issue. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we have everything we need in that well house, when we turn on the faucet, guess what's going to happen? Come on, say it. I have all that I need. I have all the equipment. I have all the mechanics. I have the principle. I am practicing. I am proficient in Jesus' name with the use of my mouth. Now, when you turn on that faucet, what's going to happen? Hallelujah. You're going to see results, proficiency, if you don't quit. Now, here's my point. Am I 100% proficient with this? No. It's like I'm not 100% proficient in holiness or the love walk or any other area. But I'll tell you what, I'm further down the road in all these things than I was 10 years ago. And when it comes to believing and saying and then seeing what you say, I'm a lot further down the road than I used to be. In other words, I'm getting more breakthroughs doing it God's way than doing it religion's way. 
So if you're one of those people that say, unless I can get 100% proficient in this, I'm not doing it at all, that's not very wise. One day you will be 100% holy. One day your love walk, nobody will get under your skin. Why? Because there won't be anybody in heaven to get under your skin. You'll have a bigger agenda than that anyway. One day you'll say something and instantly it will come to pass. How many like to just see a, a, a tinge of that on earth? Amen. That's where you're headed. But you don't quit because you're not 100% there. Come on, stand your feet and give the Lord a big hand clap today. And let him know you receive it.